welcome you into another edition of the Stephanie Gately Show podcast here on WFUVsports.org. DJ Sixsmith with the head coach, Stephanie Gately. Coach, going to the NIT, a heartbreaking performance against St. Joe's. How's your team feeling right now after a tough weekend? You know, trying to pick up some of the pieces. I mean, it, it, it was the toughest loss of my career, so I know that the kids had to be hurting from it. I mean, sometimes it's harder to lose by one than it is to lose by 20, especially when it's decided by an official's call, which, I, you know, which obviously is something that was disappointing. But, um, you know, I think in a couple months and when we have some time to reflect on where we're at, we'll understand what we've accomplished, and we certainly can't let that interfere with what we have ahead. So we're certainly full steam ahead and very excited to represent Fordham in the NIT. And you mentioned that officials call at the end of the game. Sam Clark called for an offensive foul. Were you surprised that the officials dictated the end because normally you let the girls play it out? Was that something that took you off guard? Was that really what the biggest issue was with the call? Uh, surprise would be an understatement, more like shocked, because the play prior to that, Sam got called for a defensive foul on the exact same thing, the kid holding her off and extending her arm. And if you're not going to call it on one end, you're not going to call on the other, especially to decide a game, let alone a championship. So to me, I, you know, it's it was difficult. You know, if it's one thing if we determine the outcome. I'm not going to say we would have we, we would have won the game, but we could have you won have the game. You have a better chance. We have an opportunity with the ball with six seconds. We have an opportunity. And the opportunity was taken out of our hands by an off-the-ball offensive foul. And so that's, you know, it's, it's a very bitter taste in my mouth because of the way it was decided. And I just think in that situation, whether my team's playing or I'm watching the game, the kids should decide the outcome of the game, not the officials. And Coach, moving away from the foul for just a minute, your late game execution down the stretch. The last few minutes, Sam misses a layup. You have Aaron missing a couple free throws. What was that like for you? Normally these players come through in these clutch moments, but how hard was it for you to watch this happen and watch it unfold in the most important game of the season? Yeah, it's tough because, you know, these kids, you know, it, it's new territory for some of them. You know, like Aaron was in a championship game when we played at Monmouth. Um, you know, but, you know, it's, it's different things, you know, different stakes. Um, and, and, you know, you got to go with what got you there. I mean, you know, Ace is off the floor, so Erin's got to run the point. So she's in a different decision-making situation than she's been all year. It's the first time Ace was off the court, you know. So we were faced with new territory, and, you I mean, I'd give this ball to Sam again. I mean, that's usually Sam has been pretty good about finishing that. And so And and, and on the other end, Erin makes the foul shots to beat Charlotte at Charlotte. Think about it. If we don't make those foul shots, we might not even be in the championship game. So yeah. it's all relative. Erin, you know, is a first-team all-conference member, and what she's done has warranted her having the ball in her hands. It just was a you know tough time for her and all of us for it to happen at that point. But that's just the breaks of the game, and, you know, you got to go with what got you there. You mentioned that Aaron has championship experience. We've seen it before, though, against St. Joe's in the first game where she gets a little bit tight, and that was what you said in the last time we talked about this game, that you've never really seen her like this. What was it like for you to go through this whole experience? Because you see your all-conference player, you know, one of your leaders who's put in a different situation than she's accustomed to and really not feeling too great about it. You know, it's it's tough, DJ, because you you just don't know how kids are responding, and and you just all you got to do is continue to show confidence and say, you know, hang in there. Because obviously, Erin, she shot three for ten and didn't shoot particularly well, but she did a great job on the defensive end. And just, it's just the breaks of the games, you know. Like I, you know, was talking to John Morton, our men's assistant, and you know, he reminded me how when he played at Seton Hall, he had thirty five points in that championship game. He didn't say that; somebody told me after the fact because John's not like that. But um, they call foul. On Seton Hall with three seconds to go to put Seton to put Michigan on the line to win the championship, 
you know, instead of the kid deciding, you know, whether they make a break, you know, they make a decision for the kid by the official making the call and they go back to that call and there's no contact. And then the official apologizes to John, you know, four years ago to say, I'm really sorry, you know, but it's the same way I handled it with the supervisor officials. You know, you, you know, you can come and explain the call you want. I'm not going to agree with you because, you know, the call should have been made on the other end. And unfortunately, you know, we can't turn the clock back, as she said. And unfortunately, it cost us an opportunity to go to the NCAA tournament. And it shouldn't have happened that way, but it did. And so you have to deal with what happened to you and you have to make the best of it. And you have to, you know, move forward. And that's exactly what we're looking forward to doing. Fouls were certainly a big part of this game. You talked about Ace Collins. I don't think she even knew that was her fifth foul in the final seconds of the game. How hard was it to see her as a senior in that moment? make the mistake well we we're pretty good on the bench about reminding kids so ace knew she had four it's just when she figured out that when she you know she went to foul there was 46 seconds left and we were down two and we practice that situation all the time we don't foul you know we're going to rely on our defense and i think ace just got caught up in the moment of things and and just maybe didn't realize the you know what where the clock was at and 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 as she said as soon as it happened she totally forgot that she had four fouls and that's part of you know, learning to be in those situations. And it's it's tough because, you know, you learn through a loss and it's it's hard because you'd rather learn through a win. But, you know, it was a hard-fought game and it was, you know, well-represented. It was the big, best crowd in Atlantic 10 history. And, and so there's a lot to be proud of. Yeah, let's talk about the Barclays Center for a moment because one of the big worries going into the game was whether or not it would be loud enough, whether or not a lot of people would go. But, like you say, the largest crowd that's ever been to an A-10 championship how special is it to be a part of this moment for women's basketball going forward? I think it was huge. I think the Atlantic 10 was really excited about what we brought to the table because I think everybody was unsure. You know, even talking to the ESPN commentators, they were nervous because of that bottom bowl because the Barclays is a ber- very big arena big, and you yeah. can get lost. But that bottom bowl was full, and I would say three-fourths were Fordham fans. And I think at the end of it, Atlantic 10 was really happy that Fordham was part of it because, you know, we brought a significant amount. And the exciting thing, DJ, is – we acquired new fans, you know, whether we won or lost. I got a beautiful letter from, from Father McShane and, and a number of people who acknowledged that in spite of the loss, you know, h- how much of, of significance the women's program has made on the university. And, and that really means a lot because if you had told me, and I told the kids this today, you know, when I go before season, I kind of write down what I think our record is going to be. I thought 17 and 12, 18 and 11, you know, to be 24 and 8, what we are right now, I can't get over how proud we are, and I think the more you win, the more it hurts to lose. And so if we were 18 and 12, we'd be doing cartwheels at RENIT. It's just when you get that far and it's that close, it's that much harder. But you have to realize when you step away the significance of what we have. We have an opportunity to have, we have the first postseason game at Rose Hill in school's history. So, I mean, the significance of that is huge, and I don't want the kids to lose sight of the fact that we've, we're not just representing Fordham, we're representing Atlantic 10, and we have, we have to have a chip on our shoulder and play with a chip on our shoulder. Well, Coach, you certainly got people talking about this season. Father McShane was in the building. I understand he came down to the locker room after the game. So what was his message to the girls after such a tough loss? He was terrific. He came in with Jeff Gray and, and our athletic director, uh, Dave Roach. And, they, um, you know, a couple of them took time just to, you know, Dave spoke a few minutes and then uh, Father spoke a few minutes of, of just how proud he was to, to see a team that was picked, you know, 11th to finish up where we finished and to really represent the university in such a first-class manner. I mean, I think a lot of people really took notice to how professional and, and, and how, you know, we stayed in the loss because it would have been very easy in that situation with the way that was called to not present a professional manner. But, you know, the important thing at the end of the day is these are kids and they're like your daughters and you've got to realize that they're hurting and you've got to support them and be there for them like a mom. And 
um, as hard as it was for me because there was part of me that just wanted to scream out loud and there was part of me that just, you know, felt for the kids' pain. And, and so, therefore, you know, I was just, you know, I'm proud to represent Fordham. I'm, I'm proud that we had the opportunity to take this team as far as we have and we still have a lot of unfinished business. So, Coach, despite the painful finish, definitely some positives in the game. You guys start off with a 12 nothing run. Towards the end of the game, Abigail Corning has two huge threes. So, looking at what you guys did well in this game, first let's talk about the start. How big was that for you guys? Just getting acclimated to the Barclays Center and then later in the game for Abigail who's been struggling with the shot especially in the A-10 tournament to come up in a large spot like she did. Both things were huge. I mean, we knew going into the half, I mean, it was similar to our game at home. We were up nine against St. Joe's and they fought back. We knew they weren't going to shoot 20% in the second half. You don't get that far and be an NCAA team and, and, and not change that trend. So we knew it was going to be a 40-minute battle. We knew that they were going to make their run, and it's just a matter of us sustaining the run. Even then when it went up four and we had a timeout, I just said, guys, this is part of the game. And it's time for us to make our run. You know, we just got to get to the four-minute mark like we did against Charlotte and just hang around, which we did. And um, I just think, you know, the, t- the kids did a great job hanging around. We put ourselves in a position to wing- win, and unfortunately, you know, it didn't go our way. Now, Mara Strickland was a big reason why early on you guys get off to a nice start, but then she struggles for basically the majority of the game after that. Do you credit St. Joseph's defense or her shot selection? What do you think was the biggest reason for her issues over the final for you know, 25, 30 minutes of the game. It's hard to say, to be honest. You know, um, you know, I think it was a combination maybe of both. You know, I mean, Mara gets super hyped for games, and, and that's a strength and a weakness because sometimes you get so hyped that you, you kind of lose the balance. And, you know, Mara has been such an incredible leader, and, and she's hit such big shots. We wouldn't have been in the championship game without Mara. And, and of course, without any of the kids. But, um, you know, I still would go to Mara. You know, it's still going to call her number because I still feel that she's ready to step up and take that big shot. And, you know, there was a little bit of an errant pass on her in that last play that, you know, when Aaron made the pass to her, she actually had an open three, you know, if the pass was, you know, a better, a better pass. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would, you know, put her season on that shot, you know, and it just, you know, you go with the kids that got you there. Mars an all-conference kid. You know, she's a special kid. And, um, you know, hopefully she can continue to do some more things to make this a memorable season. And speaking of Mara Strickland, she now joins us on the Stephanie Lee Show podcast with Abigail Corning. Abigail Corning, Mara Strickland now join us on the Stephanie Gately Show podcast. Guys, a heartbreaking loss against St. Joe's, but moving on to the next one against Army. How are we doing right now? I think that, you know, we're all still thinking about that tough loss. And we're realizing, especially in, like in practice today, that we do have to be focused on Army. New game. You know, new tournament, another opportunity to show people what Fordham basketball really is. So we're trying to look ahead now. And Abigail, how hard is that going to be? I mean, it's still fresh, like Mara was saying. It just happened Saturday night. What needs to change right now to just focus on Army and put everything else behind? We just need to know that it's just another new season for us. I mean, that's how we approached our conference tournament. And now we're going into WNITs with nothing to lose, really, and, you know, more history to make. So we just have to come in tomorrow focused and ready to go at practice. So before we get into Army, I do want to talk about that St. Joe's game. Mara, let's start with you. 12 nothing run to get it going. You have a couple big threes. And then over the next part of the game, you struggled a little bit. What did St. Joe's do defensively to really lock you down for a big part of the game? Well, I mean, in a game like that, you know, it's a lot about defense. I think that we also did a good job defensively locking down a lot of their key players. So, um, I mean, it was a tough game. They they had somebody on me. Um, a lot of the other girls stepped up big. And, you know, down down the road it just came to a, a last few buckets not falling our way. So it was tough. 
Your defense was certainly up to par. Abigail Shatilla Van Grinsman, one of the best players in the A-10. She had 26 points against you guys last time. She only has 10 points in this game. Double and triple teams. What worked defensively to shut her down and really take her out of the game? Yeah, she's just the key to their team, and you know that's how Coach prepared us to just you know, trap down, um, dig in the lane, try to just get her frustrated and kind of rely on other teammates for of hers to step up and um you know when she got frustrated then her teammates started getting frustrated and had to keep calming her down so we really liked bringing that frustration out on her and a couple of tough spots late in that game you guys see ace collins foul out who's your senior who's been there through it all mara how tough was it to see that and to go through those final 45 seconds without one of the biggest vocal leaders of this team well right when ace fouled out i remember being like we're gonna win this for you you're gonna win this for you so at that very moment, I wanted nothing else than to win that game for her because she was so upset and so emotional about fouling out and having to take that last foul for the team. I mean, that was a really tough moment. But, um, I mean, I just, you know, every day we go out and we play for each other and we leave it all out there for each other. All right, Abigail, let's move forward now to this Army game Thursday night. It's going to be at the Rose Hill Gym. First time ever hosting a postseason game. How cool is this going to be to see this gym packed for women's basketball? It's just going to be so exciting. I mean, we haven't really packed our gym this year at all. St. Joe's was a good crowd. Uh, our school day was packed with school children. But, but they know, were we, screaming. I mean, you want some people yeah, who actually know the game of basketball It was fun, but bit. we want Fordham students to really realize what we've done mm-hmm. and then Fordham alum as well. But, uh, you know, we had a good turnout at Barclays, and we hope that that carries over just to really make it a home court advantage for us and make it difficult for Army to get the groove going. And, Mara, you guys played a couple of Patriot League teams this year. You played American, lost to Lafayette, beat Holy Cross. How will those games help you gauge where – Army is as a team who finished the best in their conference this year? I think it helps a lot. I mean, being able to see how they matched up against those other teams that we were able to some lose to and some beat is very is very crucial in our preparation for the game, you know, just learning what their team does, knowing the personnel, and just being prepared. And guys, only two teams from the Atlantic 10 make the dance, but a couple different teams from the Atlantic 10 are in the WNIT. Abigail, what does it mean for this conference going forward to have so many teams represented on the national stage? It's just really big for our conference and just makes a statement on how strong our conference really is. And then it's a tribute to us to be able to be third in our conference and show that we've beaten so many postseason teams, including Charlotte, who probably was upset that they didn't make the NCAA tournament. But um, from our perspective, it was really exciting that really only two teams made it. So, you know, we're kind of in the field with the rest of them. And speaking of Charlotte, same side of the bracket as you guys. There's a possibility down the road that you could play them again at their place. So from both of you. Mara, let's start with you. A possible Rams-49ers matchup again. What do you think that would be like? I think right now, you know, we're focused on Army first and we're focused on all the games that we have ahead. But, I mean, if that come, that time comes, we're always up for the challenge. I mean, we're always up to, to beat a Charlotte team. All about shocking the world, right, Abigail? Yeah, exactly. That's what you did in January against the 49ers. Uh, take them again. Take them again. Well, hopefully that can happen. So, guys, let's talk about keys against Army. What's it going to take to move on to the next round? I think it's going to take us bringing a lot of energy, playing as a team, and just playing excited, playing hungry, and playing ready to come out and win this game, giving it all we have. And Abigail, how about you? Yeah, I think just leaving it all on the floor. I mean, at this point, it's one and done. So you don't, we don't want to lose, especially at home. Uh, so just coming out with a lot of fire like we did against St. Joe's and then you know sticking to our defense like we've always done, try to shut them down. 
First time since 1994 that Fordham plays a postseason game. Guys, that one was a 94-41 loss to Penn State. So let's hope it goes a little bit better than that. It was a 16 versus a 1. So it was a little bit different than what we got going on. But, guys, thanks so much for coming on. No problem. And best of luck going forward. Back here with head coach Stephanie Gately. Coach Corning, Strickland, there are two big reasons why you have a WNIT game at home Thursday. It's the first time since 1994 that Fordham's in a postseason game. What does that mean for you after such a special season as you've called it, the magical season. It's huge. And I, th- I told the kids today, and I said this is where they have to trust in me, is that, of course, we're all disappointed by the finish of the championship game because when you get that close, it's going to hurt that much more. But that just that should, that should create a chip on your shoulder with something to prove. And we got to put away. Like I tell them, you know, one thing I learned a long time ago, yesterday's history, tomorrow's a mystery, and today's a gift. That's why they call it the present. we got to make the most of what we have. And um, we're going to be facing um, a very good and, and a very well coached army team with an opportunity to win a, you know a, a postseason game at home and we got that postseason by virtue of what we accomplished this season and I read off to the kids how many teams in the NIT lost in their championship game and they were amazed you know there's yeah. you know 12 to 15 teams lost in their championship game there's you know you look at Charlotte and, and Duquesne, they're suffering the same way we are. Probably their losses in the conference tournament cost them NCAA bits. Yep. So everybody's feeling that pain with having that chip on their shoulder. I mean, you have a team like Florida Gulf Coast went 18-0 and in conference, loses in the championship game to go to the NCAA. You know, so a lot of people are feeling pain. It's, it's the teams that put that away and use that to ignite their fire are the teams that are going to continue to make a statement. It's been a great season for the Atlantic 10. Obviously very well represented in the NIT, but were you surprised that only two teams got into the dance? You know, I, I got I to be honest. I, I really think that um, us being in the championship hurt the other teams because if we win that game, then St. Joe's gets in, Dayton gets in, and three teams are represented. Um, I think, you know, Dayton, I mean, I think Duquesne and Charlotte were hurt by their first-round losses. I think if they go to the semifinals, Whichever team goes to semifinals probably locked their their bid because both of them were on the board. And so I was not only surprised by not getting a third team in. It happened last year with Temple because I was really surprised Temple didn't get in. But I was also really surprised and not just surprised, disappointed with Dayton's seeding. And Dayton was a 7C with a 13 RPI. They lost two games all year. (laughs) And, And 13 RPI. You know, and so, you know, I just really felt that, you know, the really, I don't think there was justice given to the competitiveness of the Atlantic 10. So I guess we just have to go with a chip on our shoulder and, and show we have something to prove. So let's continue to talk about this NIT matchup on Thursday. The Black Knights of Army, a great season for them in the Patriot League. You guys have played a couple of Patriot League teams this year. How will those experiences help you out with Thursday night's game at home? I think it's, you know, I think we learned a lot because if you go back, the Stony Brook and Lafayette losses are probably losses that cost us in that large bit. Yep. You know, so I think the kids realize, you know, we've, we're a totally different team from those games. You know, so we've come such a, a long way. So I don't even want to compare ourselves to those those situations. I mean, Army is a well-coached team. You know, their point guard was not only rookie of the year, she was player of the year, which is an unbelievable accomplishment. Um, you know, so they're a team that's been sitting around for two weeks with a chip on their shoulder losing in the first round to Colgate. You know, so, you know, they, they were the number one, you know, seed in the Patriot, and that's pretty good considering the fact that we had hard-fought games against Holy Cross, lost Lafayette, you know, beat American. I mean, so there were some teams in there that obviously, as we talked about, are very similar. But I just think that, you know, I think we what we need to do is we need to protect our home court and we need to protect the fact that we want to advance in the postseason. And, Coach, in order to do that, how hard do you think it's going to be to move past everything that happened in the A-10 tournament? It's still fresh. It was just Saturday night. How difficult do you think the transformation will be, or do you think the girls are just going to be focused on the tournament and about making a run 
and focusing on this fourth season, as you like to call it. We had a really serious, you know, like huddle today because I told the kids I'm disappointed if you, you know, it's been very easy for me to go into that huddle and, you know, pout and say, oh, God, what if, you know what, you can't do that. It's over. You know, you can't get it back, you know, regardless of the calls or what have you, the breaks of the game. It is what it is. We're given an opportunity now. You know, I don't want them to regret pouting. You know, I want them to realize that they have an opportunity to do something very special. I mean, think about it, DJ. I mean, who would have thought that Fordham would be in a postseason game? No one. I mean, you're right. I mean, they've never even had a winning season, <laughs> let alone a postseason game. <laughs> so, I mean, you have a postseason game at home. You develop new fans. You have new excitement on campus. You have a chance to continue to develop the tradition begins now. And I just think, you know, I am certainly not going to be let them to sit there and feel sorry for themselves because I'm, I, it starts with me. You know, so it's, they're certainly not going to see that from me. And I'm going to lead them as best I can in the right direction. And we're going to bring it and we're going to leave it all out there and, you know, be the best we can be. Certainly some new fans have joined the pack. And how excited are you to see those fans pack the Rose Hill gym this Thursday night? I can't even begin to tell you when I looked around and saw everybody with the Fordham shirts, the Fordham signs. And it just made me feel like I just hope this is a sign for the future because our kids played so hard all year with a limited crowd. I mean, the only crowd we really had in Rose Hill was against St. Joe's. And, you know, these kids deserve to play in front of people. They deserve people to respect the brand of basketball they play. They play so hard. They leave it all out there. And I'm hoping that the new fans that we did draw in just stay consistent because I really think they, did, you know, they had, there was a whole new gained respect for our program. Finally, Coach, when we had your son Dutch on at the half at Philadelphia, in Philadelphia at St. Joe's, he said, give my mom three or four years and she'll build this Fordham team into a top 25 program. So I want to know, how does this NIT run help you start that process? Well, you know what it does, EJ? We've already obviously made a difference in our schedule. You know, this year we made the schedule according to learning how to win. Mm -hmm. You know, we had to do that because there's no, there, nobody will know if we hadn't done that whether we would have won. Because if you go out and get beat up every day and, and have a difficult schedule and don't know how to win, you might never get over that hump. And so the schedule is much more aggressive next year. And so much more aggressive schedule puts you in a position for no bad losses. And that was a big thing that, you know, kind of hurt us, obviously, looking at our RPI and looking at us down the stretch this year for an at-large situation. So we obviously rectified that situation. And it's recruiting. You know, we're involved with some really good players right now. We, we have a commitment already from a sophomore. We, we, we were involved with some really good juniors. And plan to go overseas, you know, right when the season's over for a couple more kids. And, and, you know, as coaches will tell you, the only reason you're good is your players. You know, you can be the best coach in the world, but you don't have players, you know, that, that's what helps get it done. So I have no doubt with the commitment from Fordham as a university and administration that we can be successful. And, and I feel that we have all the, all the necessary components, you know, to be one of the top programs in Atlantic 10 consistently. An exciting time for Fordham women's basketball. The first postseason game since 1994. It's Fordham and Army. 7 p.m. at the Rose Hill Gym. Coverage right here on WFEVsports.org. Coach, thanks so much, and we'll see you out there Aww, Thursday. DJ, appreciate it. court over in England, honey. Keep listening. Keep that Ram fever, baby. All right, Coach. So that will do it for another edition of the Stephanie Gately Show podcast here on WFEVsports.org. The executive producer of all WFEV Sports broadcasts is Mr. Bob Aaron. So the big game, Fordham, Army, First postseason game for the Rams since 1994. The coverage right here on WFUVsports.org. Tip is at 7. We'll have the one-on-one -on -one pregame report five minutes before at 6.55. So thanks to Coach Gailey, Mara Strickland, and Abigail Corning for joining us this week. For all of us here at FUV, I'm DJ Sixsmith. Have a great evening, everybody. Stephanie Gately Show podcast is an exclusive production of WFUV Sports.